0: About uh, a few summers ago, you guys remember what summer feels like? A few summers ago, I had uh, some events happen all in a row that kind of threw me. One was I I blew my transmission. Secondly, I had surgery. And third, my house caught on fire, like all within a three-week period. And the most common advice, I'm not judging anyone, but the most common advice I got was it'll all work out in the end. That's all you got? You, anybody here get that advice before? Like, it'll all work out and you get something like that? Raise your hand. Come, raise your hand. Or you've given that advice. You've given that advice. It'll all work out. Or hey, here, Everything happens for a reason. What, what reason? What do, you, what do you mean everything happens for a reason? Or, you know, you just haven't met the right person yet. You just haven't met the right person. What does even stuff like that mean? It, and, and actually, here's the weird thing. So it actually um, makes us feel better. Like, you get that advice, and if you you think about it, it doesn't, because it it doesn't make any sense, but when when you get that advice, hey, you know, it all work out in the end. You know, everything happens for a reason. Oh, yeah, you're right. Um, What is that about us? Uh, The reason why we say those things and never in question the integrity of those statements is that you and I, we have an insatiable desire uh, for everything to kind of fit together, we want to make sense out of life. We don't want anything to be random. We want everything to kind of fit together to where we can kind of like, okay, this is how it all is meant to work, and it all my life makes sense because all these things kind of come together. We want all the dots to be connected. So, you know, I met the person I was supposed to meet, I'm married to the person I'm supposed to be married to. Um, I got the promotion. I, 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 we had some kids. You know, I live in that house, and happily ever after. Like we wanted all to work together. We have this sense of like there's, a, like, there's this cosmic force out there, God, karma, whatever, something out there. It's the meant to beer, the one who's making everything meant to be, and it's he's working everything out, or she's working everything out. Where all this stuff is happening, and so when things don't work out, regardless of what your background is, it really bothers us. I mean, beyond just the the pain of the situation. It's like, why is this happening? This doesn't make sense. And it, it just feels so random. And, and things feeling random to us uh, sharpen the pain. And this really hits home when there's a big bump in life. I mean, like a big tragedy. I mean, in, in those times, we'll want to ask the question, why? Why is this happening? I mean, it, especially if, you know, your paradigm is we come from chaos. Uh, it's kind of an odd question. Like, why is this happening, but we act because we want to make sense of this. Why was this supposed to happen? So I got a degree, and I worked really hard, and I got promoted, but losing my job was not a part of the plan. Why is this happening? It feels so random. It doesn't fit within what I thought was going to happen. Or maybe your your marriage is about as bad as it can be. It's, it's not in a good place. And, uh, you know, no one plans for a bad marriage. I, you know, you want, you want to meet somebody cool, meet somebody you like, you want to get married, you want to... Um, you kind of move on, you have good jobs and all that, and the house you want, the things you want. You have this picture of what you want your life to look. And when something comes into your life that doesn't fit into that picture, it drives us crazy. And we want to know why. Or maybe you get really sick. Why, why am I sick? Why are they sick? Why is my mother sick? Why is my child sick? Why is my friend sick? It just feels so random. It feels like my life is out of control. We want to know if there's a purpose. Why is that? Why do we do that? What's wrong with you and I? Why is that such a big deal? I mean, we've got a, our family pet is a pet guinea pig. Her name's Lacey. And I don't think she sits around thinking about those kinds of things. I mean, she she eats her food, and she drinks her water, and she runs around her little cage. I don't think she ever, you know, why am I doing this? Why this is, Why am I running around? Like, Why she doesn't ask those kinds of questions, but there's something in us that wants to make sense of it all. And you know what? The Bible has an answer for that. The Bible says... That God is a God of purpose, that God is a God of order, and you and I, regardless, you know, if you're a Christian or not a Christian, he's made all of us in his image. We have been hardwired to want to make sense out of life because we are made in the image of God, and God is a God of order. He's a God of of purpose. Human philosophy is everything is, ran, you know, we just kind of randomly came here and everything randomly happens. And, but human uh, philosophy says that there doesn't really have to be a purpose or a meaning. But no matter how hard you and I, and we try, we run toward our own autonomy. Like we, we run toward our own, like we're, we're self-made, self, self-determined. We still can't get away from like, it's got to make sense. It's got to make sense to me. I got to fit it within this picture. And this collides with the Christmas story because the Christmas story, above all stories, uh, is surrounded by some of the most random events. Uh, and, and so it might be the best example of God di- dipping down into our meaninglessness life and, and our purpose life, or the pain of our life, the chaos of our life, the chaos of our life. It may be the best example of Him dipping down into our world to remind us that there is a plan that there is a design, that there is a purpose, that it is going to work out, that there is a meant to be, that it, it we can't see it, but it's hiding there in the background. So the Christmas story is one that brings hope um, that things will work out even when life feels a bit random, even when life feels a bit out of control, even when life feels a bit meaningless. So here's what I want to do. I want us to uh, take a look at the Christmas story, and then we'll come back and Chat about how that plays through your life. So, if you have a Bible, would you turn to Luke chapter one? If you don't have one, uh, there should be one in the chair in front of you that you could grab. Luke chapter one. Now, if you're a skeptic, um, you'll like Luke because uh, Luke is not a is not a church guy by profession. I mean, he's a doctor, and he's got this friend named Theopolis. He's up in the Roman government. He's he's not in. He's not a part of the. Uh, the Jewish world. He's he's up in the Roman government. He's got this friend, and his friend's like, you know what? This this Jesus guy is making sense to me. And so Luke, uh, not wanting anything to be left a chance, not wanting him just to go with it, says, you know what? I'm going to write, and I'm going to write down an orderly account. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna interview some eyewitnesses. I'm gonna write down an orderly account of how Jesus lived his life and all the events surrounding Jesus, and then as well as the church. And I'm going to write these letters to you, these two-volume letters that we, you and I know as the Gospel of Luke and we know as the Acts of the Apostles, those two books. He wrote these things down. He, took, he, he checked eyewitnesses, and he wrote this down. And so he researched the life of Jesus, and then he says this in Luke 1, um, 1 through 4. I'll read it. You can read it, uh, Follow along with me. In so much as many have undertaken to compile a narrative of the things that have been accomplished among us. So this is many people saying, it's not just me who's doing this. There's lots of people who've actually interviewed eyewitnesses and like wrote down what happened. And I'm just one of them. Just as though from the beginning were eyewitnesses and ministers of the word have delivered them to us, it seemed good to me also having followed all the things closely. So I was like checking this thing out. I was, I was a little bit of a skeptical as well. It seemed good to me also, having followed these things closely for some time past, to write to you an orderly account for you, most excellent Theopolis. This is his buddy. That you may have certainty. That you may have certainty concerning the things you've been taught. So this doesn't start out like, hey, once upon a time in Bethlehem. And, you know, this isn't, this isn't far, far away in a galaxy that we don't know about in the middle of nowhere. Um, this is not what this is, this is not a story, this is not a fable, this is, I've talked to some witnesses, I'm writing down an orderly account, and here's what I've discovered. So skip with me down to verse 26. He says this, in the sixth month, he's trying to be very detailed, in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth. To a virgin betrothed or engaged to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. So he was a part of the lineage of King David. And the virgin's name was Mary. So let me tell you a little bit about Mary. She's a teenager. And just like you and I, she probably had her life planned out. She's like, okay, I'm going to marry this guy named Joseph. He's going to have a successful carpentry business. We're going to have some kids. And hopefully we live long enough to uh, see your grandkids, but we probably won't. And uh, but but my life is going to come and go because I'm in the middle of this dusty nowhere town, and uh, I'm just a random teenage girl marrying some random guy in some random place. But God, but God was getting ready to use this for a very very purposeful plan. So the angel came and said to her, "Greetings, O favored one." Now I want you to log that. We'll come back to that. The Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at the saying and tried to discern what kind of greeting this might be. In other words, she's like, are you the good witch? Or are you the bad witch? Like, this, this being has showed up in my room and I'm not quite sure if I can trust you. So the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary, because she was absolutely scared to death. For you have found, here it is again, favor with God. You have found favor with God. There's going to be a quiz about that later. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. And he will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. In his kingdom there will be... No Now, if, if the angel had opened this up for discussion, I can imagine Mary having a few questions. Like, hey, Gabe, I don't know if you track politics, but Israel has not been an independent nation for like 500 years. And you're telling me that this kingdom is going to go on forever? I mean, Rome seems to have a pretty tight grip on our life here. I don't know if you noticed that. You know, I'm just a teenage girl. Nothing like this is going to happen to me. I'm just in some random place, random girl, going to have a few kids, die. No one's ever going to know that I existed. But you know what? She actually really wasn't worried about politics. She was worried about something else about what this angel said, kind of like confused her a little bit more than, you know, hey, maybe, maybe this will be true, but this is what I don't understand. So Mary said to the angel, how will this be since I'm only a virgin? How am I going to get pregnant? The angel answered her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you, the power of the Most High will overshadow you, therefore the child will be born, will be called holy, check this out, the Son of God. Now, I want you to raise your hand if, I want you to raise your hand if, if you've ever heard the phrase, Son of God, associated with the name of Jesus, raise your hand. Wow. Wow. So, So what this angel said actually happened. Like, the reputation of Jesus will be son of God. Now, you and I, we don't think that's very strange to, to, to associate Jesus of Nazareth with the son of God. But this would have been like bonkers to Mary. She would have been like, what in the world? But not only that, it would have been even more poignant because back then, Julius Caesar, um, who had died at this point, he was, he was, after he died, he was thought of as divine. And his adopted son, Caesar Augustus, who was the reigning emperor at the time, was referred to uh, son of the divine uh, Julius, or in other words, it was he was also called son of the God, son of the God. And so Mary's world was a world where Rome had uh, her foot on the back of Israel, like Israel they had it pinned down rome seemed like the kingdom that might last forever and in that context this angel comes and says to her no no jesus through jesus your son this kingdom's going to last forever but not only that she lived in a context where the emperor who was in charge of this whole empire was referred to as the son of god but now her son her son's reputation is going to be son of God. It is as if Jesus showed up in history and said, you do not understand. Life is not about the plans of man. Life is about the plans of God. And when everything seems wrong, misguided, and purposeless, and random, God is saying, I am the God who brings everything into purpose according to my will. And even though, and even though, and some of you may be here right now, even though you cannot see the whole picture, I have an end in mind, and someday you will see this. And so then Mary's life would just kind of go back to normal. I'll put it this way. Her life goes back to subnormal. Normal might have been good. It goes to subnormal because the angel goes away, and there's no record of the angel coming back to her. And, and I'm, sure this, I'm sure Mary wished that the angel would have stayed with her because Mary's life is getting ready to get really, really, really complicated. She is a pregnant teenage girl. With no explanation. What do you mean you're pregnant? How did that happen? Well, the Holy Oh, the Holy Spirit, okay. Gabriel! Gabriel! Hey, my mama and my math teacher needs, need, teacher needs an explanation. You need to come down here, you need to help me out. People aren't buying this story. Joseph wasn't buying the story. Thankfully, the angel did come to Joseph and said, hey. Um, <laughs> she's not crazy. This is going to happen. Um, so she's just teenage girl with no explanation. And then, I mean, talk about random events that aren't helpful. Caesar then decides to, to take a census, which never happened before. He, he so people were taxed by community because it was just too difficult to count everyone. So they would tax people just by the entire community. But this Caesar wanted more money, and so they taxed the whole community, but they had to tax every individual, in order for that to happen, everybody had to be sent back to their hometown, which means Joseph had to go back to Bethlehem. So Joseph comes to Mary and says, I've got some bad news and I've got some really bad news. The bad news is that we have to go to uh, Bethlehem, which is 120 miles away. The really bad news is you're pregnant and you need to ride a donkey back there on this rocky road to Bethlehem. And it took so long that misfavored of God I mean, there's no more room in any hotel, any room. Uh, misfavored of God riding a donkey for 120 miles. I mean, you have to, like, think that some doubt is starting to step, step in a little bit here. Um, this isn't supposed to be my life, I'm sure Mary thought. You know, this doesn't make any sense. It feels so random. It feels like God may have messed up. I mean, God can send some angel and cause me, virgin me, to become pregnant, but God can't, like, get a reservation at a hotel. God must have messed up. This, this, something went wrong. This wasn't supposed to happen. The Son of God, the supposed Son of God is going to be born in a barn. The one kingdom's going to last forever and ever and ever. And then, the ba- and then Jesus is born, and then, in the, and then Herod is out to get this baby, so in the middle of the night they have to flee. They're, they're on the run. This isn't supposed to happen. This seems so random. And then years would go by, and and Mary would experience um, the most imaginable pain and sorrow that I think any mother could ever experience. As she sat in that courtyard, stood in that courtyard, and watched her son get beat to an inch of his life. She saw the gore, she smelled the gore. She saw them place or press upon a crown of thorns on his head. Watched them mock him spit at him, carry half his cross up a road to Golgotha, watch him crucify her son. You know, the Romans perfected this thing. They, they wanted to make sure that the, the, the sufferer experienced the maximum amount of pain for the maximum amount of time. And yeah, 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 we romanticize it. And yeah, 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 we know how it all works out. But imagine yourself in Mary's shoes as she stood there and watched it, Miss, highly favored of God, Miss, the Lord is with you, Miss. You know His kingdom's going to reign on and on and on. And she's sitting there in front, all of his friends gone. What you think she might have thought? What, what's happening here? This isn't supposed to happen. To, this doesn't fit. This doesn't make sense. It's so random. This is just a random act of violence from the Roman government. And my son got swept into. This wasn't supposed to happen. Forever and ever was supposed to happen. Favor was supposed to happen. Not this. You know, God lost control. Was the plan of God unraveling before her eyes? Actually, the very opposite was happening. Jesus on the cross was the very epicenter of God's activity in His dealings with mankind. When Jesus was on the cross, when he died for your sins and for my sins, that was at the very crosshairs of God's activity. And this thing in you that wants order, this thing in you and I that wants purpose, that wants everything to make sense, that is the thumbprint of God on your life and on my life. And in Christmas, we are reminded that when everything seems random, when things don't seem like they have a purpose and there is no good, and and we experience this seemingly unredeemable illness or this unredeemable uh, relational pain, or this unredeemable death, or this unredeemable job loss. Something that just seems out of the blue and doesn't fit within our overarching plan. We are reminded at Christmas that God is with us, that He is a God of order, and that He is a meant to be, or that He is working things out. And He sent His Son into this random, messy world to make every wrong right for you and I. Now, now, 25 years later, about 25 years later, a church leader by the name of the Apostle Paul, he would write letters to churches to encourage them. And one of the letters he wrote was to this church in Ephesus. And he wrote to them in, in, in Ephesians uh, chapter 111. Now, he had the vantage of hindsight, and when the, you know, he knew about the birth of Jesus, the life of Jesus, the death of Jesus, the resurrection of Jesus, plus just the messiness of life. And this is what he wrote. He says, In him, that is Christ, we were also chosen, having, be, having, be, having been predestined, which means everything's been predetermined, according to the plan of him who works out everything. Works out everything. Everything. You know what everything means? It means everything. No exceptions. The randomness that you think your life is, that we think our life is, he works out everything into conformity with the purpose of his will. God has a plan to make everything work out. You see, so maybe you think like your life is spinning out of control, spinning out of your control. It may be spinning out of your control, but it's not spinning out of God's control. He has a meant to be for you. He has a, it will all work out for you. And how how do you grab a hold of that kind of certainty? Because that would be nice if that was really true. Because in the moment, I mean, we don't, Especially if you've experienced something significant and you're not sure how it fits. In fact, you don't even want it to fit. You just want it to be, you want to reject it altogether. So, so I get you, like, Brian, I don't even know if I want it to fit. I don't want it to make sense. I don't want this. I, I don't, when I think about the uncertainty this brings to my family, when I think about the, the uncertainty it brings to my life and my marriage and my finances and my future, I don't want it to make sense. I just want it to be gone. I'm sure Mary felt that way. I'm sure there are a few things that happened to her that she wished hadn't happened. Wish she could push pause or stop or reverse on some of those things. But God, we can see that God used it. Well, how do you grab a hold? How do you and I grab a hold of it? Well, before Mary, you know, Gabriel comes to Mary and like gives her, tells her all, all the stuff that we read earlier, and she, but she didn't get any, any of the details. I mean, she didn't know that she going to have to ride to um, Bethlehem on a donkey. She didn't know that she was going to give birth to a barn. She didn't know she's going to have to run for her life from Herod. She didn't know about, she didn't know she's going to watch her son be crucified. Didn't know that he was going to die. Didn't know that he was going to rise from the dead. Didn't know that 2,000 years later, a third of the world would gather weekly under his name. She didn't know any of that. What did she have then? We have hindsight. She didn't have hindsight. What did she have? Well, somehow she was able to say what it says in Luke 1, 38. She said, I am the Lord's servant. May it be to me according to your word. I am the Lord's servant. Let it be to me according to... Can we just say that together real quick? Behold, I am your servant. Let it be to me according to your word. I don't know what you've you've been told about faith. I don't know what your experience with faith is. Maybe some of you have been told that that if you have enough faith, you can get God to, to do stuff for you. But faith isn't moving God closer to you. Faith is you moving closer to God. Faith is that thing that rises, this desire that rises up in you, that even when like life throws you a curveball, it just feels random. Faith is, isn't that thing that, that isn't a desire to want to get God to like, re- get your plan back on track. Faith is a desire that, that wants to get you back upon God's plan for your life. It wants to move you toward Him. To where you can say, I am the Lord's servant. May it be to me according to your word. Here's the good news. Regardless of what life has handed you, regardless of what you're experiencing, that thing inside of you, that thing inside of you that's like, man, life, life isn't meant to be random. This doesn't make sense. I want it to fit together. That is the, thing, that is the thumbprint of God. And it's a reminder to you and I that God is active. That thing in you that wants life to make sense—it's proof to, should be proof to you that God is active. Everything around us, everything that we hear in just the world's wisdom, human philosophy, is that life is random. It is what you make of it. But you know deep inside of you that. You want it to make sense. You want it to fit together. You want to have purpose. You want to have meaning. You want to count. You don't want to, be, you don't want to be just pushed into the margin. You want to know that your life has purpose. Apostle Paul, everything, 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 no exceptions, is ultimately in accordance to conformity with his purpose in this world. That desire for you to want things to want to make sense. It's God saying, I am active. I'm not just active in the world. I'm active in your world. And I'm trying to connect with you. I'm I'm trying to lead you somewhere.